The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America. Welcome and happy Veterans Day on 11-11-11. And welcome to the 31st ever show of All Around Sports. For each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports, a week unlike any other with the Penn State scandal. And as usual, I would discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as welcome our call-in guests, Christopher Gaster, Gasper of the Boston Globe, and our weekly guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. We'll begin today with the lowlight of the week, and... Obviously, it's the Penn State scandal, and as my listeners know, I grew up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium, about a half an hour away, so this story hits home for me like no other story ever. It's an unimaginable alleged crime and an unimaginable conclusion to the career of coaching for Joe Paterno. What I first saw as a brief in the Boston Globe on Sunday morning and I knew immediately that it was just going to explode. And it has unfolded with unprecedented speed that in just five days culminated with the firing of Joe Paterno after 46 years as head coach, along with the university president and others in top positions at the institution. Additional information, such as the trustees announcing this morning that a committee is being formed to look into the entire situation and its history, are seemingly coming out on an hourly basis. And this is likely to continue as I believe what we have witnessed so far is just the tip of the iceberg. And this will grow into the biggest sports scandal of all time, if it hasn't already. By any measure, Penn State surely mishandled the story in its first few days, most notably in wrongly scheduling a press conference with Paterno on Tuesday then abruptly canceling it just a half an hour or so before it was scheduled to begin, leaving media who had come in from across the country and possibly the world stuck holding their cameras and microphones. To all who know Penn State, alleged perpetrator of the crimes, 
the child abuse crimes and former assistant coach Jerry Sandusky was a very recognizable name uh, that will now live forever as the man who single-handedly brought down the Penn State football program, not to mention the unspeakable crimes alleged uh, at his hands in the child sex abuse scandal. And current assistant coach Mike McQuarrie, who reportedly witnessed Sandusky as assaulting a young boy in the shower in 2002 and reported it to Paterno the next day, will rightly not be on the sidelines tomorrow against Nebraska due to, the mul due to multiple death threats, which is just one example of the emotions this story has been generating. After this week, it's hard to believe there is a game actually being played in State College tomorrow, and hopefully it's the beginning of finally focusing on the alleged sexual abuse victims with Penn State students planning to wear blue in their honor. It's sure to be one of the strangest games in, the his in this history of sports. Needless to say, we will discuss this story more as we move through today's show. And after that, it's hard to find a highlight of the week, but uh, I did want to mention the LSU-Alabama game, number one versus number two last Saturday night, simply for its uh, throwback quality of stifling defense in this era of offensive fireworks at both the college and the NFL level. My bizarre sports story of the week is the kidnapping in Venezuela of the Washington Nationals catcher Wilson Ramos. Reportedly the fourth time this type of thing has happened down there, and hopefully the last. And my event of the week that I am attending is the 16th annual John Molson Sports Business Conference in Montreal, the largest student-run conference of its kind in Canada, where hundreds of students from across Canada have gathered to hear sports executives discuss their careers and how it might help these students choose their paths in sports going forward. Last night, sports agent Don Meehan, president of Newport Sports Management, kicked off a conference with a compelling talk about how he founded his firm, which is focused on representing NHL hockey players, and explaining to the students the ins and outs of what this type of career could be like for them. Uh, Meehan gave a terrific speech. He was uh, very candid and forthright. He talked about how he, he basically graduated from law school and went to work in a law firm, but he was always interested in working in the world of sports. So at a time in his career when he reached a crossroads, he uh, decided to make the break from the law firm and live out his dream of, again, working in the world of sports. And given his legal background, he ended up uh, becoming an agent and where he rep represents some of the bigger names in the NHL. And he just gave some great examples, funny stories, uh, you know, just all types of uh, occurrences throughout his career in meeting with management, the league, what have you, uh, just every imaginable circumstance that he's encountered. And uh, needless to say, he held the students in the palm of his hand as he, uh, as he discussed all this. And, uh, you know, it was just terrific. And uh, the conference will continue throughout the weekend with a panel later today comprised of uh, executives from some of the NHL's marquee franchises including the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, 
Ottawa Senators, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the people who will be speaking uh, from the Ottawa Senators will be Aaron Crow, the CFO. Uh, from the Canadians will be the COO, Kevin Gilmore, uh, Julian Brisbois, Brisbois uh, Assistant GM at the Tampa Bay Lightning, will also be speaking. And uh, so it's going to be, it's sure to be quite fascinating. And then uh, Ian Clark, CFO of MLSE, will also be speaking. And uh, again, you know, they're also holding. Uh, case competitions for the students uh, that are occurring today and so it's just sure to be a wonderful wonderful uh, event and again uh, interesting to uh, you know to get a flavor of how big hockey is up here in Canada it's just uh, so dominant it's uh, hard to imagine, and uh, hearing it from uh, right here in Montreal, from you know the people who are so deeply involved in it, and then seeing the passion of these students who, who again are interested in a career in sports, but yet their passion for hockey uh, shown through loud and clear, to put it mildly, and just a fascinating uh, you know take for me to uh, to witness this firsthand, you know as. My listeners know I'm based in Boston, and uh, although Boston's a big hockey town, it's not always uh, as prevalent, given the competition from the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Celtics, uh, as it is up here, where up in Canada, it is just utterly dominant. Um, so again, I uh, just want to say that it's just been a terrific couple of days up here, and seeing the... Uh, conference and you know the excitement of these students as they embark on a career in sports has just been uh really really very impressive to say the least and uh you know glad i was able to make it and uh join in and listening again last night to uh you know to mr Meehan was just terrific to put it mildly another event that i attended was also quite fascinating and that was uh the other night when i went to uh what's called magic bird in boston which is uh it was a presentation by the creators of magic and bird which is a new play debuting on broadway in february 2012 which will feature the rivalry and friendship of larry bird and magic johnson uh, with the success of Lombardi on Broadway, uh, which was a play, of course, about Vince Lombardi. Uh, this is the next production with the sports genre, but likely not the last. Uh, it was really a well-done presentation. Uh, uh, there to speak about the Magic Bird play were uh, the creators, Fran Kromser and Tony Pantoro. And they will be the producers of the hit play. Uh, they were involved with Lombardi and will also be involved in uh, what is sure to be a hit, Magic Bird. And they're working closely with the NBA on this. And uh, also involved are uh, the Lombardi playwright and director, Oscar winner Eric Simonson, and Tony Award nominee Thomas Kale. 
And having lived in Boston for uh, the entire Larry Bird era, I can truly say that it was one of the great, great uh, sports viewing times of my life as uh, I went to many, many, many games in the old Boston Garden uh, with Larry Bird playing. And fortunately, a few of those were Laker games, including postseason. And again, they're just searing in my sports memory forever. Uh, Again, one of just the highlights of my sports spectating career as uh, I knew as it was unfolding, it was uh, just something we weren't really going to see again quite like that. As we, as we all know, they basically saved the NBA back when they uh, came into the league in 1980 following their epic 1979 national championship game. Uh, the NBA was not a strong league. And in fact, the games, the finals, the NBA finals in those days, believe it or not, were on tape delay. And they used to watch each other, Magic and Bird. By that, I mean reading the papers, see what the other guy was doing. And it just, uh, you know, they measured themselves against each other. And then uh, as time went by, they finally ended up meeting for a Converse commercial in French Lick, Indiana, Larry Bird's hometown. And that's when they finally got to know each other and began a friendship and a mutual respect that has grown into... uh, uh, a lifelong relationship, and now has led to what was, will be this Broadway play coming out in the spring, and uh, sure to be a must-see. And with that said, uh, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And on the other side, Christopher Gasper from the Boston Globe. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. 
We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests join us. And with us today on the line now is Christopher Gasper, sports columnist for the Boston Globe and Boston.com. And welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, Chris, I know that you, like me, are a college football follower, so I'm interested in obviously getting your take on this Penn State scandal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's it's really tragic when you think about the victims of this, uh, what was perpetrated by Jerry Sandusky, and I think once you read this grand jury indictment, which I've read, it, it, it's hard to believe that, that Joe Paterno had no knowledge of this, and if he had no knowledge of it, it's hard to believe that the reason that was the case was because he didn't want to know, because he buried his head in the sand. So, you know, he, he was either complicit in a cover-up or, or willfully negligent here in allowing this to go on because this was a guy that he had coached, that he was close with, uh, who had coached with him and become his most trusted assistant. And it's just unconscionable to me that, that, that they could have allowed this to go on. And I think they made the right decision in ousting Joe Paterno. Um, Obviously, first and foremost, it's about the victims, but I think you have to understand, as a college football follower, uh, they've been trying to get rid of Joe Paterno for a couple of years now, and, and he was so powerful that, that you know, they couldn't do it. And you had a statement he put out saying, I don't want the Board of Trustees to waste a single second worrying about uh, you know, my, my position here at the university. It's been like that for a while. I think that they were looking for a way to get rid of him, and, and that's why part of me... Uh, is somewhat skeptical about what Penn State is really going to do to delve into this, get to the bottom of this, uh, try and get justice for the victims. I, I think a lot of this is PR, and also the skeptic in me says, oh, now this is something they could finally hang on Paterno to get rid of him. I hope they take uh, very seriously the justice part of this and not just the public relations part, which is moving on from Graham Spanier, the president, and moving on from Joe Paterno as head coach of Penn State. Yes, well, the uh, the justice part is paramount, to say the least, and that's what this really needs to be all about. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, and as you know, Chris, I grew up down in that area, and, uh, you know, I'm familiar with uh, the beast, shall we say, that is Penn State football, and, uh, you know, it's just been an unimaginable thing to watch here unfold over the last week. And I myself have been saying really for the last few years that I thought, you know, Joe Paterno should hang it up. You referenced earlier that they were, uh, you know, calling for him to resign, even as far back as eight, ten years ago when he had a couple yeah. uh, losing seasons. 
And then it's sort of stepped up here again in recent years and, uh, you know, with injuries on the sidelines at practice, that type of thing. And basically what I've been saying for the last two or three years is, you know, it's going to end badly. Now, never in my wildest imagination could I have imagined this would be how the ending would come and it would end this badly. Uh, badly is not even an appropriate word, but... Uh, you know, I, I, a couple of years ago when they played USC in the Rose Bowl, I said he should get he should get out now. You know, and uh, obviously he didn't, and it was just destined for, I feel, you know, some type of bad ending. And again, this has just been unimaginable. But uh, so yeah, I, I just think that uh, you know, the program. It's, it's I think it's the tip of the iceberg on this story, and I think that. The program could suffer for a generation or more, to say the least. Uh, the the entire school. I mean, nobody can ever think of Penn State again without thinking of this. Probably. Oh forever. yes. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it stigmatized obviously the the entire university here, and 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 obviously goes beyond Joe Paterno. I think also stigmatizing the university, quite frankly, has been the behavior of of, of the students and and the people, the Penn State uh, football supporters there in State College. I mean, I think it's been embarrassing. Um, I understand that they want to show some appreciation for Joe Paterno and his legacy and what he's accomplished, but uh, they really, I think, have lost sight of what is most important here, which is the victims. And I, I've been saying this to some people. You know, there's a couple of areas of, of life, I feel like, where people uh, discard, um, you know, logic just based on blind loyalty. You know, family is one. I think politics is one. Sports, obviously, is one. And, and much like Joe Paterno, logic is no longer working at, at Penn State. I mean, people have just abandoned it. All they see is, is their football program under attack. They don't see the big picture of just how heinous these crimes, these alleged crimes were, uh, and, and what needs to be done moving forward. I totally agree with that, Chris, and uh, it's almost going to be some type of a surreal atmosphere there tomorrow. What do you expect at the Nebraska game tomorrow, which uh, begins at noon? Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge game in the, in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, it's obviously overshadowed by more important things, but it's going to be interesting to see what the environment is like there. Uh, they're saying, you know, Mike McQuarrie, who was a graduate assistant who uh, allegedly walked in on Jerry Sandusky and sort of got the ball rolling here a little bit. Uh, he's not going to coach now because he's been receiving some threats, they're saying, so he won't be at this game. Uh, Paterno, it's going to be strange to look over there. And I know, like you mentioned the injuries before, he hasn't always been on the sideline, but he's been in the box. They've shown him on TV. He's not going to be at Beaver Stadium. It's going to be sort of a surreal uh, you know, tableau there. When you look at it, you know Paterno, uh, everything that's happened, and you're supposed to be sort of into this football game, it just all seems so insignificant. So it's going to be strange. I think it's going to be very eerie to sort of watch this game be played, and, and I'll be interested to see the reaction uh, of, of the fans there. And in some ways, I, I can sort of understand why they would want to play the game. I know there have been calls not to play the game, but I can understand why they would want to play the game in the sense that it's, it's, it's a momentary distraction from what's really been horrible, horrible news for them for a little while here, and just to be able to sort of take your mind off it for a little bit of time uh, might begin to start the, the healing there at Penn State, but really, I mean, it's all going to be about what's going on around the game. Uh, years from now, I'm not sure anyone's going to recall uh, the result. They're only going to recall the scene. Yes, well, it's absolutely, uh, you know, must viewing. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been to many games at Beaver Stadium in my life, and uh, I just can't imagine what it's going to be like with 100,000-plus uh, people in there tomorrow under these circumstances. Uh, the Penn State student body president has called for the students to wear blue, 
as opposed to their typical white uh, for whiteouts. Uh, wear blue to commemorate the victims, so that's going to add another layer to, uh, to what, again, is sure to be a scene like no other, I think, that we've ever witnessed. So uh, it's, it's definitely must-see TV, and uh, I don't think anybody knows exactly what the, what the place is going to be like, but we're going to find out tomorrow, that's for sure. Now, Chris, uh, moving on, I saw this morning where you talked about your three keys to a Patriots victory in their huge game against the Jets on Sunday night at the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium. Uh, why don't you take, uh, take a few minutes and talk about, uh, tell our listeners uh, what you think the Patriots' keys to victory are. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at this game, obviously it's a tough matchup a little bit for the Patriots. This is a team that's given them some issues, particularly down there in New Jersey. Uh, the two times under Rex Ryan they've played the Jets, they haven't scored a point really in the second half. So uh, I think when you're looking at it and you're looking at this game sort of from the Patriots' standpoint, I think third down is going to be huge, obviously, for them. And it's big in every game, but the Jets are one of the best third-down teams in the league. In fact, they're second on third-down defense. And with the Patriots not getting a lot of big plays in that passing game, uh, they're sort of dependent upon stringing longer drives together. And in order to do that, you have to convert on third down. So I think that's going to be a pivotal part of the game on Sunday. Who wins that third down? Uh, matchup. You know, are the Patriots winning it or are the Jets winning it? Uh, I think the second thing, when you look at the Jets, they've gone back to the ground and pound, and that has helped Sanchez. Uh, you know, since he played the Patriots, I think he has the second highest quarterback rating in the league uh, next to Ben Roethlisberger. They've gotten him some easier throws, some simplified throws. If you're the Patriots, you have to take away that first read for Sanchez, that, that easy throw. They like to roll him out. They like to play action. They like to slant. They'll take their shots deep, but they like those high percentage passes. Um, that are based off their running game. The more you can make Sanchez diagnose the defense and have to go through his progressions, I think the worse quarterback he becomes. That's just not a strong suit of his game. He needs to you know, be decisive and get rid of it quick because uh, he's not great at diagnosing defenses. So they have to take away that first read uh, of Sanchez. He certainly has had some good games against the Patriots. And the, and the third thing is really what has been a huge topic of discussion up here, I think, all season and particularly the last couple of weeks, and getting another wide receiver involved, whether it's Chad Ochocinco or, or Taylor Price. They need another weapon there, particularly on the outside. They have to start attacking defenses outside the numbers and on the edges because word is out that they do their damage sort of in the middle of the field and teams are pressing them and they're clogging up the middle of the field and pressuring Brady. And uh, they're not fearful of the big play down the field. And they're also not fearful of the Patriots doing much uh, you know, outside the numbers sort of on the edge of the, the defense, attacking the perimeter of the defense with the passing game. They have to find a way to integrate Ocho Cinco or Taylor Price or somebody in this game to be able to threaten the Jets outside. Otherwise, it could be a long, long evening for the Patriots. Good points, Chris. I agree with all of them. And uh, we're heading now towards our break and about to wrap it up. But I did want to get your thoughts on the Patriots uh, releasing Albert Hainsworth. Yeah, you know, it's... it's I think this guy came in here, and, and in his mind, he gave maximum effort, but it just wasn't good enough. And, and you look at, uh, you know, they gave up a fifth-round pick, which is not a lot to give up, but they were sort of thinking this guy could be an impact player, and it never happened. You know, he couldn't get healthy. He couldn't get on the field. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think, you know, this guy's legacy is that he, he says all the right things, and then he basically does nothing when you get him there. You know, he, he, to me, in sports, actions speak louder than words, and this is a guy who's very smart, and he'll tell you whatever you want to hear. But if you look at the actions, he's not going to help you. And, and I don't think he'll help Tampa either. They had to cut ties with them, uh, 
I think it was probably an ill-advised move in the, in the first place for the Patriots. It smacked a little bit of, of desperation, but for a fifth-round pick, why not? Uh, and it just didn't work out. Yes, it's really, uh, you know, and you and I see each other down there, training camp and, you know, from time to time during, uh, during the season in the locker room at Belichick and Brady's press conferences. And, uh, yes, we both had a chance to look this guy in the eye, and I totally agree with you that he says one thing but does another. And that's been, you know, in his short time here, that's going to be my take-home memory, to put it mildly. Yeah, I mean, very but, smart guy, very charming guy, you know, really smart, articulate, but not, not really giving all, all out effort all the time. Oh, I totally agree. Well, Chris, believe it or not, these segments go very quickly, so that brings <laughs> us to the end of, uh, end of our time, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in. I know how busy you are, particularly on Fridays, and, uh, but your insight, especially into the Penn State scandal, was terrific, and uh, hope to have you on again sometime down the road. All right. Sounds great, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Chris. Good talking with you. And now it's time for our break, and sticking uh, and on joining us next will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And joining us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, John. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us as always. And uh, well, needless to say, the story of the, the day, the week, the month, and the year, and maybe of all time, obviously, is the Penn State story. As you know, I grew up down in that area. Uh, I still can't believe what has been, what I've witnessed here in the past four or five days. Uh, so I'm very anxious to get your thoughts on the matter. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, it, it, it's sh- shocking. It's, it, it's uh, disgusting. It's um, disappointing. It's, you know, it's pretty much every, every adjective that, that, along that, that line you could put into it. I mean, you know, I think this is a situation that, 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 that kind of goes, kind of goes beyond sports. I mean, it, it's obviously, you know, with, 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 with the, the gravity of, 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 of the, of the alleged crime. You know, we still have to say alleged at this point, but, um, you know, it looks like these things did happen. And, um, you know, the grand jury report is out there and, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have read it. I actually tried to read it and couldn't get past page four. It was just, just, I just found it too disturbing to even, to even read, you know, very graphic detail as to, as to what allegedly happened. And, you know, I think it's a lot of what we see, you know, you know, without getting on too high of a soapbox. I, mean, I, I think it's a lot of what we see in society today. You know, the ivory tower, the abuse of power, um, the secrecy, the um, you know, just you make try, try to hush up things and make things go away that are unsavory or unsightly, unsightly, or in this case, criminal. Um, it's it's sad and it's tragic, and you know, I, I think that. You know, so many points along the line. There were opportunities, you know, and I'm sure this, you know, these are things that we've all, you know, discussed and read and seen over the past few days. Uh, you know, there were so many opportunities to to stop this along the way by any number of people. Um, you know, from Mike McQuarrie to to Joe Paterno to Bill Curley to uh, to anyone along the line could have stepped forward and, you know, uh, you know been a hero. Might be, you know might be overstating but i think that so i think there there has to be culpability at some point and it just it just never happened and it was allowed to go on um you know i think the administration knew it was going on they chose to you know uh, you know sweep it under the rug or whatever you want to call it and it's just it's just tragic and i and, and quite frankly you know and i think you know you know you and i both have um backgrounds in, in public relations and media relations and you know on a little little separate tenor here i i was absolutely shocked and you know I, I think you'd probably agree i think that penn state i think the university i think the administration handled everything wrong right from the start i mean if, if you're talking about crisis management 101 they have violated every rule of it they didn't they didn't do anything to make the situation better it seems it's every step they took along the way as the news is coming out made it worse, you know, from not letting Paterno speak at the press conference to, you know, you know, kind of hanging Paterno out to dry for a couple of days without being very decisive. And then when they finally were decisive, um, I was quite frankly stunned uh, watching that news conference the other night uh, with the Board of Trustees announcing uh, Paterno's termination. And the tenor and the attitude of the reporters at the press conference, I got I to tell you, I mean, it, to me, 
it was more like a press conference you'd see on a soap opera or on fiction. It was just absolutely shocking to me that the 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 the, the outrage coming from the the reporters at that press conference absolutely being stunned that Paterno was being fired. And I'm and I'm think, I'm sitting there watching it at home. And I'm like, really? I mean, are you are you serious? I mean, are, is is are, are we talking about the, the same thing here? I mean, it almost seems like. The people that were in state college, people at Penn State, and the people who you know quote cover Penn State, are living in a very different world than the rest of the country. I mean, I didn't see anything across the internet or anywhere else or or any other place that was that 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 thought that this was a bad idea. I mean, everybody, pretty much, hundred percent of everything I saw outside of state college PA was. Yeah, this had to happen. Yeah, why didn't this happen sooner? Yeah, you know, he had to go. Yeah, of course he had to be fired. Of course he wasn't going to coach Saturday. Of course these things weren't going to happen. But it was just, it was quite frankly shocking to me, uh, the attitude of the media uh, actually covering that press conference and the attitude. And, of course, you know, the, the, the students rioting is just, is just shameful and disgraceful in every way. Um, you know, so it's just... Maybe that's just ignorance. Maybe that's just you know, kids getting tanked up, kids getting drunk, gang mentality taking over. You know, maybe there's it, it's all of the above. But you know, certainly, it did not portray none of none of what happened over the past week has port- portrayed Penn State in a good light. And it's it's sad and it's uh, it's very unfortunate. And uh, you know, it, I don't even know what else you can say about it. It's just it's 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 very difficult to really. You know, see anything positive out of this? I mean, it's just it's just a, just a poor job by everyone involved, um, right from the start. And uh, this is, you know, it was just stunning, absolutely stunning to me. Well, that's a terrific, terrific analysis of the whole situation, Barry. And uh, yeah, I mean, referring back to the press conference, you know, when they said that Paterno was uh, being let go immediately. I mean, there was a visible gasp, audible gasp, I should say, uh, from the audience. And again, even being from down that way, and trust me, you said it perfectly, it is a bit of a different world down there. Uh, I was not surprised in the least. That's exactly what I expected to hear. And that's indeed what we did hear. Uh, But you know, you mentioned earlier, like, many people had an opportunity to step up and be, quote, a hero, uh, as you mentioned. But actually, you know, just the way I the way I see it, that was the very reason why nobody did because uh, nobody uh, nobody wanted to be the person to potentially well to potentially bring down the Penn State football program uh, at maximum, but at minimum to uh, you know to simply you know be the one to tarnish their image had this been handled you know had there been a whistleblower so to speak. And I really think that that is the actual crux of the problem. That's why this just went on and on and on. And it's just stunning to believe that nobody along the way over all these years, potentially between 10 and 15 years, just stood up and said, you know, I've got to go public with this. You know, this just has to come out. We, we, we cannot let this continue. And, uh, and that is the problem, obviously. It's... Uh, you know, so, but you, if I had to pinpoint what I thought, why, did, how did this happen? Why did this happen? That's what I think happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I, I, I agree with a lot of that. But I think that in the, at, at the, at the end of it all, I, I think the one man with the power to 
to stop it, to put it to an end, to take care of it, to deal with it, to make it to make it stop, and to and to repair the image was Joe Paterno. And you know, technically, you know, from everything we're seeing and everything that's been said, legally. He fulfilled his obligation. Yes, he did go to the administration. He did say that, you know, this grad assistant uh, salt was going on, and he was very distraught, and, you know, uh, he, he, you know, they did bring it to the attention of the superiors, who in turn did nothing. But I think that if you're Joe Paterno, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's very difficult to look at this from the outside. I mean, you know, because we really we still haven't heard, heard uh, Joe Paterno speak on this issue yet, and you know, I, I would hope that we do at some point, really. But we really, really haven't, outside of a, of a short statement made. But, you know, knowing that these things allegedly happened and knowing that these things allegedly happened several times, at, 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 at the very least, that they, that they would know about, how do, you, how do you go on? How do you face Jerry Sandusky every day knowing what you know? I mean, it's, it's, that, that's the part that, 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 that's shocking to me, how it was able to just keep going on. And, you know, and what was it, the incident in, just in 2007 where he brought a young boy to practice and he was basically told, don't bring any more children to the campus, which, which is another way of saying, you know, just don't do it here. It wasn't stop doing what you're doing. Do you, do, do you realize what's going on here? It was don't do it here. Don't do it on our grounds. So to me, that was, that, 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 that's, that was the most horrifying thing about it. I mean, well, the whole thing is horrifying, but... I do think that in the end, you know, Joe Paterno is probably the most powerful man at that university, you know, school presidents, chancellors, whatever, aside in the administration. I mean, when you think of Penn State, who do you think of? You think of Joe Paterno, and, you know, he's been there forever, and he has so much power. I think if he had just taken it a step further just to kind of, you know, do the damage control back then, we wouldn't have had nearly the situation that we had now. And, you know, and really the focus where it should be is on, is on the victims. And by not going public, by keeping it under their hats, by keeping things quiet, by hushing everything up, all that did was allow, unfortunately, uh, there to be more victims. And, you know, it, that's, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. The whole situation is heartbreaking for everybody involved. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, very... Uh, prominent Penn State graduates have gone on to great careers, done great things, and it's it's a very good, it's a great school, as we all know. And you know, it, it, their reputation's been tarnished, and this is going to take a long, long, long time to go away. And it's just, it's just tragic, it really is. But you know, getting back to the the the, the, the question, I, I do think that if Paterno had taken that extra step to go to authorities, to say, because if anybody had the power to do it, it was him. And you know what? There, there would have been. A lot of stuff that happened at the time, and it would have been ugly, and it would have been bad, but it wouldn't have been nearly as bad and ugly as it is now. Exactly right, and uh, you're right. I mean, when you put it that way, very compelling uh, approach to it, Barry, and he, he had to be the guy. He should have been the guy. He could have been the guy because exactly. he's, he's the guy that could have done this and weathered, you know, potentially weathered the storm, uh, you know, it's not like, I mean, one of the reasons why this is such a huge story is because Penn State was perceived as the school that did it right, meaning he's coached for 46 years without any major NCAA violations, and, but it's not like they've been without trouble, I mean, there's been, you know, off-field issues, as there would be, as there will be at any college program with young men, 
that he's handled. I mean, I've been around for a lot of it, and you, you know, it's not like there haven't been instances before where Paterno had to, you know, stand in front of a microphone to discuss uh, off-field behavior of his players. So mm-hmm. he he could have uh, he could have done it. Unfortunately, he didn't do it. But uh, again, it's just been an unimaginable week, and you know, hard to believe that a week ago today, apparently. Reportedly, Jerry Sandusky was uh, was on the Penn State campus in their facilities literally seven days ago, which yeah, is just I mean, the, the, yeah. bizarre. I mean, yeah, it is bizarre after all that's happened, and yeah, it's just the whole thing is just shocking. It really is, and you know, and I know we have to go to a break, but I just want to say something real, real quick. You know, there, there's been so much, so many horrible things that have that have that have come out of this, but I, I think we've finally been able to find one one positive thing. Uh, there's a small group of uh, Penn State alumni, uh, one of which, one of whom I, I, I happen to know personally, a woman I worked with at the NBA. Her name is Lorena Leto, and her and a small group of Penn State graduates have put together a grassroots fund. Um, it's called ProudToBeAPennStater.com is the website. I just want to throw in a little plug for that because what they're doing, they've partnered with uh, with Rain, which is a anti you know anti uh, pedophile group, obviously that that uh, that grows funds for this type of thing, and they're partnering partnering with that organization, and they're raising money to make sure nothing like this ever happens again at any university, any situation. So, I think it's worth checking out, uh, especially for our listeners who might be uh, Penn State graduates. They might want to check that out, and uh, I believe they've raised over sixty thousand dollars in just three days, which is an amazing uh, which is an amazing um, feat. So, I just wanted to throw that out there as you know something positive that may come out of all this. Well, that's great. I'm so glad you told our listeners about that. And on that positive note for the first time today, uh, (laughs) take our break, and Barry will stick around with us on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, uh, we still have other types of football to be played this weekend, uh, namely the NFL and a couple big games involving your New York teams. Uh, wouldn't have predicted this at the beginning of the season, but one of the marquee matchups in the NFL this week is the uh, New York Giants and San Francisco 49ers with the Niners sporting a gaudy uh record with only one loss. What are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it is kind of surprising because you're right. You know, looking at the schedule being in the season, you never would have thought that this would be one of those brutal games for the Giants. But this, this does fall into the official brutal part of their schedule, which started last week um, against the Patriots. You know, terrific game. But, yeah, um, I, I think the Niners are, might be the, one of the biggest surprises in the league this year, and they've, they've, they've been terrific. And, you know, the one thing about the Giants, and this is, this is something we've spoken about uh, on this program several times, is that, that if there is a good sign for the Giants is that they always seem to play to the level of their competition. Um, you know, we, they've, they've had some clunkers this year against some teams that, that, that aren't very good. Um, not playing well, you know, of course, losing at home to Seattle and uh, performing, in my opinion, not very well against uh, Miami, uh, winning that game uh, eventually. But, you know, they, they, then they go to New England in a tough spot, face the Patriots, win that game. They go down to Philly and whip the Eagles. So, you know, they've, they've played well against good competition. So I, I would expect the same from them this week, even though, the, uh, you know, it's, it's a t- you know, it is, it is a tough spot for the Giants. It's, it's very hard for, you know, a team on one coast to go to the other and play. It always is, you know, no matter which way you go. So um, it'll be a tough game. It'll be a good game. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the... the you know, again, the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have looked at this as a game that, uh, you know, that would be, uh, you know, a, a really good matchup. But it, but it turned out to be. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, the Giants once again, you know, a little banged up. Uh, but you know, hey, they happened last week, and they and Eli had a great game, and and they pulled it out. So uh, you know, I would expect the same type of effort and the same type of game plan this week from the Giants. Yeah, well, the Giants are coming off that big victory in uh, New England with the last-minute drive, the similarities to Super Bowl 42 out in the desert uh, where the Patriots come down, scored with a couple minutes to go, and then Eli takes the Giants back down the field to win it at the buzzer. And uh, I was there. I was a witness to it. It was uh, somewhat surreal to watch. I was consciously thinking the entire time, of that Super Bowl a few years ago, especially when I looked up when the Patriots scored, minute 36 left, and was feeling pretty uncomfortable, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and yeah, so the Giants are six and two. I mean, I mentioned the uh, you know the Niners' record uh, at seven and one, but the Giants are putting together a very good year, so that should be a great game. Uh, yeah, uh, that's so. going to be a you know a keeper. One of the uh, obviously one of the two top games of the weekend, and the other one, which is arguably the best rivalry in the NFL currently, 
would be of the Patriots and Jets on Sunday night in the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And what are you thinking about that game, Barry? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there's, there's you're starting to see little little chinks in the armor uh, from the Patriots. I think you know, you've, you uh, you know, you're seeing you know national columns you know you know questioning you know, is this is this the beginning of the end of the Patriots? I mean, they they really haven't played up to the the level that we've expected uh, to see from them in you know in recent years. And uh, you know, maybe there's, there's 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 probably a few reasons reasons for that. You know, uh, you wonder if you wonder if you know, maybe the, the maybe. Uh, Maybe the, the the loss of people like Scott Pioli was maybe too much for the Patriots to handle. Maybe it's too much for Bill Belichick to to make be playing making a player personnel moves and you know coaching and you know maybe it's maybe it's too much. You know, uh, you know, Brady's played well, but they they've had issues uh, in other ways. I mean, they have the last ranked defense in the in the NFL, which you know, who would have thought we'd ever say that about the Patriots? So they right. they've definitely struggled in a lot of ways. And you know it hasn't it hasn't been a picnic for the Jets either. I mean they've they've had their ups and downs. So you know I, I think you have you know really a couple of teams that are still still fighting to hang on to the identity that they both thought they would have at the beginning of the season. You know the Patriots are always a perennial uh, power in the NFL, something we've come to expect, and the Jets. Um, talking about being a perennial uh, power in the NFL, something they like to do, and they 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 like to talk a good game, and it looked like they were going to back it up this year, and they 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 they've certainly tried to, but you know I think you have a couple of teams that are kind of in a, it, it sounds odd to say both both with good records in a, in a desperate situation. I think in a lot of ways, you know I, I think this will be a landmark game for both teams. You know I think this will be one of those games where. At the end of the season, you could look back as kind of a crossroads game for both teams because they both need to win this game. They really do, and it should be it should be a war at the Meadowlands. It should be a terrific game to watch and should be very emotional. Uh, hopefully, it's well played. And uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a very very you know obviously it's a big game. You know, Jets Patriots is always a big game, but big uh, for a lot of reasons this this time and you know more so than usual. Like I said, I, I think this is going to be a, a game that will really see. Where each team stands by the by the time that game is over, we'll have a really good idea, I think, of of the fortunes going forward for both teams. Absolutely, it feels like two teams heading in opposite directions: the Patriots descending, the Jets ascending. Something that as recently as three, four weeks ago, uh, I would not have said, but here we are today, and that's how it's feeling, and that's how it's looking. And uh, you know, it's always a good one with uh, you know Rex Ryan and. Uh, Belichick and all the, you know, Darrell Rivas, Brady, uh, just on and on and on. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. And uh, we're down here to our last couple minutes. So given your background, having worked for the NBA in the past, uh, I'd like to close with just getting your quick thoughts on the status of the NBA lockout. Well, the status that that, that continues. I mean, now you have... uh... David Stern saying, "Well, we're done negotiating." Well, I don't, I don't know how you can really say we're done negotiating. I mean, everything that the, that the, the league has done so far has, has sounded like a you know uh, you know negotiating ploy. Um, you know, the, the, there were rumors that the players were going to be accepting of the fifty-fifty split, uh, but they wanted to work out some of the other issues. But apparently, that that has not happened. So, you know, and the NBA is still in limbo, and you know, uh, it's it's. It, and especially if it gets to the point of decertification, if that if they get serious about decertifying, then I think you can officially kiss this season goodbye. Because as we as we found with the uh, 
with the NFL labor situation, you know, we now know that if you're going to decertify a union, it takes 30 to 45 days for that to happen. Then it goes to the courts, and, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So I think if that's the route that it winds up going, I think then we are not definitely not going to see basketball this year. We may not anyway, uh, you know, because, you know, still – Still, both sides seem like yeah they're they're they're, they're whenever it seems they're making progress they seem to take you know one step forward five steps back you know that's the way these negotiations have gone much much different than the NFL negotiations whereas whereas I think we all pretty much realized all along there would be football it's just going to be a matter of how many preseason games you would lose well now you know now the NBA is 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 out till you know I, they wouldn't be able to reasonably start until Christmas at the earliest you know January maybe that's if they've settled right now. So I think we're in real serious danger of, of seeing the entire season go away. And uh, it would be sad, but you know what? I think in this, in this environment, in this economy, and, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's tough out there for a lot of people, and I, I think there's very little um, sympathy for either side from the general public in this. And I, think, I do think that if the NBA does not play this year, I honestly believe that they won't, really won't be missed. I, I honestly believe that. Um, I think it'll be... Very similar to um, to the NHL lockout a few years back. Um, people just find other things to do. People will uh, they'll probably watch some college hoops. They'll watch uh, the the NHL. You know, God forbid, spend time with their families and <laughs> do things like that. So <laughs> you know, um, it, it's it's sad. And you know, really, you know, sports sports are entertainment, and we and, and we all know that. And we've discussed that many times on the show too. And I think that we just have to. Keep that in mind, and I think the leagues, and of course it's a business, but it's also entertainment. I mean, the reason why, why we love sports is because of the competition, because of everything that we see, because it, it takes people's minds off their, their lives for a couple hours, and it's you know, something they can enjoy, and it's, it's just a shame that uh, you know, that's going to be taken away. Well, you're right, Barry, and believe it or not, we're at the end of the show, and I want to thank you again for joining us, and finally, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is... Uh, which should be a fascinating Penn State-Nebraska game. And I'm not talking about the football. I'm just talking about the scene. So uh, noon tomorrow. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. And have a great weekend. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.